Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, I tend to push the limits quite a bit with my aquarium hobby adventures, and maybe not with stunning, earth-shattering developments like, you know, being the first hobbyist to breed the glass knife fish in captivity or something like that, but rather, I push the limits in terms of reevaluating the prevailing way we do stuff in our hobby. I tend to look at things from a slightly different perspective, like... Mm, That's what goes on in nature. So why do we always seem to do it in a different way in the aquarium? I mean, sure, there are many things that we do in the hobby which are limited by us working with little 40-liter glass boxes as opposed to, I don't know, 378-kilometer stretches of tropical river. But the governing natural principles of how they work are the same, right? The nitrogen cycle is the nitrogen cycle, regardless of whether it takes place in your aquarium, in your home in suburban Los Angeles, or in a tributary of the Rio Negro in Brazil. To put it simply, we can't create exactly the same dynamic that occurs in open, wild habitats, but we can replicate various aspects of its function and its form. As I speak to more and more newcomers to the idea of truly natural style aquariums, I'm learning a lot about the hobby and the way we perceive the world. I'm finding that there's a definite hunger, not only for you know, inspiration from nature, but a lot of questioning about why we've been so hesitant in the hobby to follow or lead in some areas for so long. I think that the reasons why we've developed guidelines, rules, and even habits in aquarium culture for the past century or so is because they've created boundaries of sorts, which give the widest variety of aquarists the best possible chances at success. It, It makes sense. However, there's some other things that we can do like, you know, utilizing botanical materials to influence the physical and chemical characteristics of our aquarium ecosystems, right? Yeah, it is cool to toss in leaves and seed pods and soil and stuff like that and allow this stuff to break down in your aquarium, but it doesn't lead to an easy path of success for everybody. It's reproducible, sure, but only to those who practice more careful, consistent husbandry, observation, and possess or require extreme patience, as we've been talking about a lot lately. Not everyone who enters the hobby has such personality traits in abundance, so it makes sense that rules and norms like, you know, water should be crystal clear or one inch of fish per gallon of water or siphon out all the detritus from the substrate or don't feed more than your fishes can consume in five minutes and stuff like that, why they've stuck around for so long. These are typically fundamental, easily reproducible techniques and principles, which, as I just suggested, typically give the largest number of aquarists the best chances of success if they adhere to them. So along comes a group of outliers, and like our community, pushing the outer edges of what's considered best practices in the hobby, and it sort of shakes things up a bit in the mainstream aquarium world. Like with most movements that question or poke around the status quo, practitioners of natural botanical method aquariums will typically find that things sort of play out in an almost predictable set of phases. Like phase one would be like, you know, immediate admonishment from, you know, your, your, your cohorts. Um, people wonder, why would you do such a thing? Or remind you that you can do that because, you know, you can't do that because whatever. You know, as if to say, turn around, you're headed for the washed out bridge up ahead. You know, that kind of thing. I I mean, what you're doing pushes against what's common practice and therefore it must be dangerous somehow. Typically, the warnings are justified by bringing up the idea that the old boogeyman is out there just waiting for the foolhardy hobbyist who dares challenge the aquarium hobby status quo. And hey, sometimes they are right. Look, not every rule or best practice in our hobby is 
overly rigid, restrictive, or biased based upon some kind of overgeneralized assumptions. Most aren't, in fact. Take the nitrogen cycle, for example. It's like the speed of light. It's a speed limit imposed by Mother Nature that you can't really circumvent without incurring some sort of penalty. Now, those who attempt usually meet with an inevitable spanking from nature. On the other hand, when you question something that's more opinion-based, the opportunities to advance the hobby are really wide open. Like, you know, the idea of throwing in seed pods and leaves and other stuff into your tank with the intention that they serve not only as aesthetic components, but as functional biological complements to your aquarium ecosystem. Then it gets really interesting. If you respect nature's rules and apply some of the conventional aquarium wisdom about stuff like bioload, you know, water quality management and husbandry within the context of your experiment, something amazing happens. It works. You achieve a biological, functional, ecologically diverse, surprisingly stable, and altogether aesthetically unique aquarium. Fishes not only survive, but they thrive and often even reproduce. Maintenance procedures don't become some difficult task. They simply evolve to fit the process that you've embarked upon. You develop a mindset and practical procedures. The mindset, which tells you that what you're doing not only looks different, it functions differently too, and that it's another approach to keeping aquariums and a successful reproducible one at that. Now, if we go to another phase, what I call phase two, well, this is a really interesting time. Those who persevere with the botanical method approach endure the questions and the criticisms of fellow hobbyists and achieve success and share their work on social media and elsewhere. And suddenly the hush whispers and stronger assertions about the dubious nature of your work that you'd initially hear when you started your grand experiment, suddenly they turn to questions. Fellow hobbyists want to see more pics, hear more about how you did this and what the benefits are. If you take the time to explain and share the hows and whys of this approach, you can almost see the metaphoric light bulb going off in their heads. It requires a definite mental shift. The idea of utilizing materials which decompose, add to the bioload of the aquarium, affect water chemistry, and tint the water brown certainly demands a different outlook and approach, doesn't it? Those of you who have played with this stuff understand it. And interestingly, you learn that the rules that apply to this approach are surprisingly similar to those that we've applied in other aspects of aquarium keeping with some subtle nuances. Once you've made that mental shift that says it's okay to add large amounts of leaves and seed pods and stuff into your aquariums, experiment with water chemistry and environmental manipulation within your tank, it becomes a lot more comfortable to experiment further. You look like, you know, look at the natural environment with a sort of a different perspective, one that asks why it is the way it is and wondering how we can replicate some of the unique habitats that we see from a functional standpoint in our aquariums. Then you, then you hit what I call phase three. Uh, suddenly the naysayers and the armchair critics, well, they're still going to be there, pontificating and judging your work, calling it a fad, a trend, or sideshow, whatever. Yet the broader hobby community starts to engage, ask more questions. They're sort of enamored with the look and the idea that it can give them a greater chance of success with the fishes that they work with. The critics find that they really don't have the personal practical experience with this approach to levy anything more than an internet-enabled third-party reference, you know, like, I knew a guy who tried that and his tank crashed, that kind of an assault. The reality is that this fad is typically, is actually not all that different from what we've done for decades other than the fact that it looks different typically and perhaps sounds a bit contrarian. Suddenly, more people give it a shot. Some do their homework, plan carefully and execute, applying you know, time-honored aquarium husbandry techniques, and they achieve success. 
they literally help to write the best practices for the natural botanical method approach. Others fall, you know, will fail. They'll fall to that, you know, just add a pinch of this and your fish will thrive mindset that's prevailed in some corners of the hobby for decades. Attempt to circumvent some of nature's rules concerning aquarium management, fail to deploy patience and utterly fail killing all their fishes in the process. Look, those who are looking for a quick and easy route to cool aquariums will certainly continue to fail or experience mediocre results just as they would with any approach. Typically, they'll loudly proclaim that the approach doesn't work and that it's dangerous. And of course, they'll be fuel the critics in a sort of strange symbiosis. However, those who realize even after failing that this approach requires some different thinking, different application of generally accepted aquarium husbandry practices, you know, like going slowly, employing regular water exchanges, all that stuff, and then they regroup, will suddenly find success with this and for that matter, other approaches. And they'll share their experiences with others, helping to add to the body of work that's out there. The critics will still be there, of course. However, their message will become less and less impactful as more and more people succeed. As long as they continue to regurgitate warnings and misinformation based on other people's references rather than their own. And yeah, the natural botanical method aquarium is an approach, a way to achieve success with tropical fishes. Not the best approach, just one of many approaches that can facilitate success if we make the attempt to understand what we're doing and apply common sense and patience. Yes, we've seen this whole process that I just kind of went through in stages and so forth. We've seen this, these phases play out. And sure, we still have a long way to go in order to master all aspects of the botanical method approach. We might never truly master them. However, with each new hobbyist who tries, with every successful aquarium that's shared, and with every practice that's developed, studied, refined, and reproduced, we you know, sort of assure a brighter future for our tinted outlook in the hobby. There's certainly some limits to what we can do, but few limits to what we can attempt. It just takes research, discipline, diligence, patience, oh yeah, and work, and a bit of courage, maybe quite a bit of courage, because only the bold move forward. I hope you're one of them. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Tent 